It's just a mask, you guys. Don't be a jerk. It's for the greater good. <laughs> it's just a vaccine, you guys. Don't be a jerk. It's for the greater good. <laughs> In four months, the U.S. was transformed into an obedient socialist country. Government dictated what events are acceptable to attend. Violent protests that instill fear are okay. But church services, family funerals, and patriotic celebrations are dangerous. <laughs> and you bought it without a fight. <laughs> Standing in a graduation line is a safety hazard. Small businesses were forced to close, but crowds to support the corporate money machine at Walmart, Lowe's, and Home Depot are okay. <laughs> Come on! It's just a mask and safety precautions. <laughs> How about a little hush money? <laughs> Here's $2,400 that we stole out of your paycheck in the first place. Enjoy. Buy something with it from a big corporation. Cash is dirty. We can't give change. There's a coin shortage. Use your card. <laughs> in four months, they convince you to use a traceable card for everything. <laughs> in less than four months, government closed public schools, then restructured education under the guise of public safety. In less than four months, our government demonstrated how easily people assimilate to guidelines that have no scientific premise whatsoever when you are fearful. <laughs> in less than four months, our government successfully instilled fear in a majority of the population in America that allows them to control every aspect of your life, including what you eat, where you go, who you see, and your toilet paper. <laughs> and the most dangerous and terrifying part, people are not afraid of the government who removed their freedom. They're afraid of their neighbors, family, and friends. <laughs> and they hate those that won't comply. It's absolutely terrifying to me that so many people don't question authority. They are willing to surrender their critical thinking skills and independence. They just gave up without thinking, without a fight. Do you know what's coming next? It's just a vaccine. Come on, it's for the greater good. <laughs> Wait until you're told that you can't enter any store or business without proof of the COVID-19 vaccine. Wait until you can't go to public events or get on a plane without proof receiving the vaccine. Don't think it's possible? <laughs> well, you already allowed the government to say when you can go outside, where you're allowed to go and accepted a new unproven digital education for your kids in the last hundred days. You followed blindly because you were told to do so. You're kidding yourself. The mass behavior won't be repeated with a vaccine or whatever the next step is. <laughs> I don't follow politics. I don't care about that stuff. I don't think about it. Six million Jewish people were exterminated in Germany because 97% of the population cowered to populist control. Nobody wanted to think about it. It's easier just to ignore it. But that couldn't happen here in America, right? <laughs> they got you without a thought, without a fight. Just like France, just like Russia, just like China. Welcome, comrade. <laughs>
That's why most people that get tested and they say you had it because but you're asymptomatic because your body fought it off. But whatever. Keep following blindly, folks. So in the last episode, I talked about how Demolition Man, the society in Demolition Man was very much like the society we live in today. Some things haven't really happened yet. Some things, you know, have happened. Uh, but I asked in that, in that, I said at the end of that podcast that I'm going to do a podcast about how men are being eunuchs, like how they're being turned into this, this, you know, how Associate Bob is uh, basically the, the gay, lesbian, trans, you know, figure, you know, but it's just like, um, how did they imagine 30 years ago that men today would be neutered, castrated, and feminized? Well, it's actually been happening for a long time. It's been happening because in the 1960s, when they decided to destroy the black families by incentivizing fatherless homes, the fatherless rate went up, I believe, from 20% uh, fatherless rate in the 60s to 70% now, right? And what happens, of course, is when you don't have a father in the home, you know, children tend to grow up to become criminals, thugs, because they're not taught respect. They're not taught fear of punishment. They don't have someone like, let's look at Chris Rock, right? Everyone loves Chris. Terry Crews was his dad. And when Terry Crews had to, the belt came off. That's our job as men. Our job is to provide, but also lay the line. This is, this is the line. You cross it, you get punished. And if you don't follow through with punishment, you lose credibility. That's why dads, we are just more likely to spank our kids. Whereas moms want to hug and love and don't want to hurt and spank their kids because they don't want to hurt their kids. They're more, you know, I, I don't want to say compassionate, but they're more, um, well, girly. That's, that's why they're better child cares than men you know, on average. Uh, so how did, the, so societally they destroyed the black home, but so they destroyed the nuclear family in the black community, but the nuclear family in the white neighborhoods was, you know, pretty okay. So what did they do to get at the white families? Well, think about this. Uh, you used to be able to raise a family on like five bucks an hour, right? Not bad, you know, and that you had left time for, weekends with the kids take them to the ball diamond throw the ball around you know maybe go to the lake go camping spend time with your kids uh but now you have to have a two or three income home now in order to pay the bills because everything's higher now mortgages are higher car payments are higher everything's more expensive right uh so now kids are raised in daycares right kids are raised being not one out of maybe three kids they're raised being one out of 50 and then, then they are raised to realize that in order to get attention, I, you know, from the, the, the caregiver over there, I have to cause a ruckus. So they break stuff, they throw stuff, they scream, right? Now, as well, around the 80s, because I remember in the 80s, I got spanked. I got the belt and everything, you know, turned up just fine. But it, I think around the late 80s, it became illegal to spank your kids because that's child abuse. Okay. You just cut the father's role in the family in half. Now he's just a provider, 
but he's not allowed to discipline his kids and let them know when they cross the line so they could grow up into fully functioning adults, understanding there's a line, I better not cross it. And, you know, that also allows them to see the line. But when you never teach your children where the line is because they're never getting punished and they can act up any way they want, you think when they, they can act up at the daycare and get away with it, they're not going to try that at home? Of course they are. Right. That's why you have so many kids now in juvenile detention and, you know, causing trouble like in on Edmonton, uh, what I think 10 years ago, a bunch of 14 year olds beat a man to death. Right. They're savages. They're, they're, they're These kids are raised like savages. They're there. So the parents are working two, three jobs. So they're not home to take care of the kids. So they leave the kids in the care of professionals. Right. OK. Now, as well, um, they go to school. And they get indoctrinated for about 60 hours a week full of Marxist crap. And then you end up getting kids who probably don't go to church, uh, but they turn into adults like what we're seeing in the streets. Uh, so even though the nuclear family in the white community still has a mom and a dad, the mom and a dad were basically taken out of the equation and the kids were basically raised by the state. Welcome to Marxism. They were taught and trained by the teachers, right? And they were basically raised by people who weren't their parents. So welcome to Marxism. Then they go on to college and it, this reinforces the same crap, but on a much harder level. And uh, then you get Antifa. You get these useless uh, people who think socialism is a good idea, even though it's failed everywhere. Uh, the father is super important. So what do you do? You take the father out of the equation, family falls apart. We are the head of the family. I know today that's sexist and women can do everything men can do, blah, blah, blah. I'm talking about gender roles. The mother has a role in the family. The father has a role in the family. The kid's job is to do chores, get good grades, take out the trash. Look, walk the dog, right? Really, our job as fathers has been taken away from us. So that's kind of the, the physical, like the, the family aspect of it. But then you got to look at the food we eat full of preservatives, uh, full of like artificial sweeteners, uh, fluoride in the water, which calcifies the pineal gland and lowers testosterone, soy in everything, which raises estrogen and lowers testosterone. Now in a fully grown man like me, or someone in their 40s already who kind of grew up before Starbucks was a big thing and all, all this extra soy stuff and everything, uh, we're fine because we're already fully developed. But our kids aren't. And they're growing up with a lack of testosterone. And so they're kind of growing up more effeminate. They're growing up soft. You know, they, they, they're, they're, a lot of them, they have skinnier legs than the girls if you look at them in the skinny jeans. Right. It's like girls are bigger than boys now in, in a lot of cases. Uh, so that's not right. But but let's see. Let's think about this. Why? Let's like here's some articles and I'm going to read them. Eight foods that lower testosterone. Testosterone is a sex hormone that plays a powerful role in health. Maintaining healthy levels of testosterone is important for gaining muscle mass, improving sexual function and boosting strength. Not to mention alterations in testosterone levels have been associated with a number of health conditions, including obesity. Type 2 diabetes, boy, that's not on the rise. Metabolic syndrome, mm, a lot of that going on, and heart problems. I mean, uh, a couple years ago, uh, I heard about a 15-year-old kid who died at a track and field meet. Just dropped dead. 
right? So while many factors are involved in the regulation of testosterone, a healthy diet is key to keeping levels in check and preventing them from dropping too low. Here are eight foods that lower testosterone that you may want to watch out for. Where's number one? Interesting. Okay. Mint, perhaps most well-known for its powerful stomach-soothing properties, some research suggests that mint could cause a dip in testosterone levels. Put down that mint arrow, folks. In particular, spearmint and peppermint, two herbs that hail from the mint family of plants have been shown to have a direct impact on test. One 30-day study in 42 women showed that drinking spearmint herbal tea daily caused significant decline in testosterone levels. Yeah, what about men? Similarly, an animal study found that administering spearmint essential oil to rats for 20 days resulted in reduced testosterone levels. Meanwhile, another animal study noted that drinking peppermint tea altered hormone levels in rats, leading to a decrease in testosterone compared to a control group. However, most research on mint and testosterone focuses on women or animals. High-quality human studies focused on both genders are needed to assess how mint affects testosterone levels in both men and women. You notice how even though they did this study, they didn't do it on men? Because you know what? They don't care about us anymore, folks. We're irrelevant. Three, licorice root, right? So it talks about it. Uh, licorice root is a natural remedy in holistic medicine and often used to treat everything from chronic pain to persistent coughing. In recent years, several studies have found that licorice may also influence hormone levels, potentially leading to a decline in testosterone over time. In one study, 25 men consumed seven grams of licorice root daily, which caused a 26% drop in testosterone levels after just one week. Holy crap. That's a quarter of your test gone in a week. Another small study showed that licorice may reduce testosterone levels in women as well, reporting that 3.5 grams of licorice daily decreased testosterone levels by 32% after just one menstrual cycle. But isn't that like a month? Yeah. So <clears throat> look, how, look how bad that affects men. 26% drop in a week. Keep in mind that this applies to licorice root rather than licorice candy, which often doesn't contain any licorice root. Vegetable oil. Many of the most common vegetable oils, including canola, soybean, corn, and co cottonseed oil, are loaded with polyunsaturated fatty acids. Now, how many people have vegetable oil to cook with in their food? It's, it's like the cheapest oil you can get, probably for a reason. These fatty acids are usually classified as a healthy source of dietary fat, but they may also decrease testosterone levels, as several studies have suggested. One study in 69 men showed that frequently consuming polyunsaturated fats was associated with significantly lower testosterone levels. Another study in 12 men looked at the effects of diet on testosterone levels after exercise and reported that polyunsaturated fat intake was linked to lower levels of test. However, recent research is limited, and most studies are observations with a small sample size. More high-quality studies are needed to examine the effects of vegetable oils on test levels in the general population. Flax seed. You know, that's a big thing that was in bread a while back. Like, I remember they're like, oh, now with flax seed. And I thought, well, that sounds great. Well, maybe not. Flax seed is packed with heart-healthy fats, fiber, and various important vitamins and minerals. In addition, some research shows that it may cause a decrease in testosterone levels. This is because flaxseed is high in lignans, which are plant compounds that bind to testosterone and force it to be excreted from your body. What's more, flaxseed is rich in omega-3 fatty acids, which may be linked to a decrease in testosterone as well. So like omega-3 fatty acids, like those omega-3 eggs, I, I always used to love those things and I, apparently it was lowering my test. In one small study in 25 men with prostate cancer, supplementing with flaxseed and decreasing overall fat intake was shown to significantly reduce test. Similarly, a case reported daily flaxseed supplements decreased testosterone levels in a 31-year-old woman with polycystic ovary syndrome, a condition characterized 
by increased male hormones in women. Mm. However, more large-scale studies are needed to further evaluate the effects of flaxseed on tests. Processed foods, yes. Besides often being high in sodium, calories and added sugar, may I say MSGs, processed foods like convenience meals, frozen foods, and prepackaged snacks are also a common source of trans fats. Trans fats, an unhealthy type of fat, have been linked to an increased risk of heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and inflammation. Plus, some studies have found that regularly consuming trans fats from sources like processed foods could decrease testosterone levels. For example, one study in 209 men showed that those who consumed the highest amounts of trans fats had 15% lower levels of testosterone than those with the lowest intake. Additionally, they also had a 37% lower sperm count and a decrease in testicular volume, which may be linked to reduced testicular function. Animal studies have also found that a high intake of trans fats could lower testosterone levels and even impair reproductive performance. Alcohol. While enjoying the occasional glass of wine with dinner has been linked to health benefits, studies show that excessive alcohol intake could cause testosterone levels to plummet, especially in men. Well, you know what? I'm not a big drinker. Uh, last time I was hungover, I was 23 years old, almost 20 years ago. So, all right. A study in 19 healthy adults showed that consuming 30 to 40 grams of alcohol per day, which equates to about two to three standard drinks, decreased test levels in men by 6.8% over three weeks. Another study reported that acute alcohol intoxication was associated with increased testosterone in women, but decreased levels in men. However, the evidence isn't completely clear cut when it comes to the effects of alcohol on testosterone. You ever notice that women who drink really heavily a long time tend to be really butch? Maybe, I mean, still some maybe pretty, but I'm just saying like they act more manly than men. Sometimes they're like, yo, you know, you see them arm wrestling and stuff. I'm, huh, Okay. The evidence isn't completely clear-cut when it comes to the effects of alcohol on testosterone. In fact, both human and animal studies have had mixed results, with some research indicating that alcohol could actually increase testosterone levels in certain cases. Further research is still needed to understand how different doses of alcohol affect testosterone levels in the general population. Nuts are a great source of many important nutrients, including fiber, heart-healthy fats, and minerals like folic acid, selenium, and magnesium. Additionally, some studies suggested that certain types of nuts may decrease testosterone levels. One small study in 31 women with polycystic ovary syndrome showed that walnuts and almonds increased levels of sex hormone binding globulin SHBG by 12.5% and 16% respectively. Now, SHBG is a type of protein that binds to testosterone, which can lead to a decrease in the levels of free testosterone in your body. Nuts are also generally high in polyunsaturated fatty acids, which have been associated with decreased testosterone in some studies. Despite these findings, more research is needed to determine how certain types of nuts may impact testosterone levels. Ah, and that's the next part, altering human genetics through vaccination. Uh, but there's one more thing I wanted to show you folks. So here's what they're doing now to punish children, because you've heard of toxic masculinity. I'm sure you've heard of it. They're trying to erase the testosterone, they blame if your son acts up in school, they say, oh, toxic masculinity. He's got too much energy. We have to do something because his testosterone is making him act out, right? It's an attack on men, but they're chemically attacking this now. There's actually a lawsuit in the States because they gave estrogen to a student and they said that he had, let me load this up here, yeah, here it is. Now, I got this from InfoWars. Lawsuit. Teen boy forced to take estrogen shots after diagnosed with oppositional defiant disorder. Basically, he was pissed off and he wasn't listening to the teacher. So what do they do? 
they gave him estrogen, basically estradiol. A 16-year-old boy was forced to take estrogen shots at a Los Angeles juvenile hall after he was diagnosed with oppositional defiant disorder, a lawsuit contends. So now not only are they getting you with the food and the water and the, you know, all, all these chemical attacks, now they're just straight up giving boys estrogen, increasing the estrogen levels. And apparently this boy, and it actually says this in the paper, bitch tits. He got bitch tits. Do you know what bitch tits are? When you give too much testosterone to a boy, he grows breasts. It's true. And not just because he might be fat. He grows breasts. Yeah. Gee, yeah, let's like, you know, we want our boys to act more like the girls because the girls are so well behaved. Let's, you know what, let's infect, let's like inject them with, uh, you know, basically a, a hormone that they shouldn't have. So they act more like girls. This is disgusting. This is disgusting. They remove the father from the home. They're chemically castrating our children. You know, toxic masculinity. You know what? Toxic masculinity, kiss my butt. Right? You know, ugh, it's just, there's just so much going on, folks. It's unbelievable. Right? Now, let's, let's look at this. So not only do they get you with the food, they're getting you, think about all the fast food that people eat because it's convenient. Right? And then processed cheese slices like Velveeta and Kraft. I used to love those. Now I use real cheese. Um, actually, when I was 38, I was diagnosed with having low test, probably because I had a lifetime of eating processed foods and junk food and <laughs> pizza and yeah, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Kraft dinner. Uh, you know, I didn't eat healthy. I will admit that. Uh, and then I had low test at 38, which a lot of men get. Uh, so I had to start taking hormone shots, like, like testosterone shots. And uh, boy, did I feel a lot better. My performance in the gym exploded. Uh, I woke up ready for the day instead of like, because I was never a coffee guy, but I don't need that now. But here's, it's just like, but now think about this, right? They're talking about making vaccines mandatory, right? Uh, I've already spoken at length on this about vaccines, but uh, this is again, the, the, what they can do is they've actually admitted they're changing our genetics. They're putting other people's DNA in our body, which basically means they're putting fetal tissue cells cells from dead aborted babies is in these vaccines and you're letting them inject someone else's vaccine and like someone else's DNA into you to change your DNA. If you think that's okay, then you go ahead. I'm going to politely decline. And I'm going to say this right now. No one can make vaccines mandatory because forcing vaccines on people, that's a call to war. And Anyone, and it's actually against the law to do that. We have the right to say no, because the devil even has to follow the laws. God makes the laws, the devil has to play inside them, right? So why can't we? Why do our government think that they can do this to us? Oh, that's right, because everyone's already complying with everything without even questioning it. Okay, so if they come to try to force inject you, they are just soldiers on the battlefield. It doesn't matter what their uniform is. If you're trying to force inject me with something, right, I'm going to fight you. And everybody should, unless you're a sheep and you'll get on the cattle car if they say get on the cattle car. 
Children's Health Defense notes, CHD has internal documents into which the FDA acknowledges that technology that allows for the creation of those new vaccines has outpaced their ability to predict adverse events. Shouldn't our federal agencies be called for a moratorium, calling for a moratorium until we have that knowledge, especially since it is heavily reported that the CDC, FDA post-marketing surveillance systems are inadequate to pick up the problems after licensure. I'm also going to say that I had a podcast where I talked about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. won a lawsuit against the American government because you can't sue the vaccine company. So we went after the government and there have not been safety tests on these vaccines for 32 years. So when you're lining up to take the latest vaccine, swine flu, bird flu, you know, China flu, Kung flu, it doesn't matter. When you're taking this vaccine, it hasn't been tested for safety. It's going to have adverse effects. Think about that, 32 years of no safety tests. Can you really say that all the, all, like the autism rates spiking since the 1950s, for example, uh, maybe it's because vaccines weren't tested for safety? In 32 years, who you don't even know what they're putting in your babies. The National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, the NIAID, has launched efforts to create a vaccine that would protect people from most flu strains all at once with a single shot. Ooh, the super shot. Over the years, I've written many articles refuting claims that vaccines are safe and effective, but we'll put all that aside for the moment and follow the bouncing ball. Massachusetts Senator and big spender Ed Markey has introduced a bill that would shovel no less than a billion dollars towards the Universal Flu Vaccine Project. Here is a sentence from NIAID press release that mentions one of several research approaches. NIAID Vaccine Research Center scientists have initiated phase one of two, is it phase one of two or phase half studies of a universal uh, flu vaccine strategy that includes an investigational DNA-based vaccine called DNA Prime. This is quite troubling. If you know what the phrase DNA vaccine means, it refers to what the experts are touting as the next generation of immunizations. Instead of injecting a piece of virus into a person in order to stimulate the immune system, synthesized genes would be shot into the body. This isn't traditional vaccination anymore. It's gene therapy. And any such method where genes are edited, deleted, added, no matter what the pros say, there are always unintended consequences to use their play phrase. The ripple effects scramble the gene, the genetic structure in numerous unknown ways. This is genetic roulette with a loaded gun. Anyone and everyone on earth injected with a DNA vaccine will undergo permanent and unknown genetic changes. Here's the inconvenient truth about DNA vaccines. They will permanently alter your DNA. The reference is the New York Times, uh, looks like March 15th, 2015, protection without a vaccine. It describes the frontier of research, the use of synthetic genes to protect against disease while changing the genetic makeup of humans. This is not science fiction. By delivering synthetic genes into the muscles of the experimental monkeys, the scientists are essentially re-engineering the animals to resist disease. The sky's the limit, said Michael Farzan, an immunologist at Scripps and lead author of the new study. The first human trial based on this strategy called immunoprophylaxis by gene transfer or IGT is underway and several new ones are planned. That was three years ago. IGT is altogether different from traditional vaccination. It is instead a form of gene therapy. Scientists isolate the genes that produce powerful antibodies against certain diseases and then synthesize artificial versions. The genes are placed into viruses and injected into human tissue, usually muscle. 
Here's the punchline. The viruses invade human cells with their DNA payloads, and the synthetic gene is incorporated into the recipient's own DNA. If all goes well, let's put that in quotes, the new genes instruct the cells to begin manufacturing powerful antibodies. But what if it doesn't go well? Read that again. The synthetic gene is incorporated into the recipient's own DNA. Alteration of the human genetic makeup, not just a visit, permanent residence. And once a person's DNA is changed, he will live with that change and all the ripple effects in his genetic makeup for the rest of his life. The Times article taps Dr. David Baltimore for an opinion. Still, Dr. Baltimore says that he envisions that some people might be leery of a vaccination strategy. That means altering their own DNA, even if it prevents a preventionally fatal disease. Yes, some people might be leery if they have two or three working brain cells. This is genetic roulette with a loaded gun. Anyone and everyone on earth injected with a DNA vaccine will undergo permanent and unknown genetic changes. Folks, they're trying to say that this vaccine has to be mandatory, and Bill Gates says everyone needs to get at least two of these shots. What's that, 14 billion, 15 billion vaccines? Boy, who's making the money now? Big time. Bill Gates is going to become a trillionaire. And the further implications are clear. Vaccines can be used as a cover for the injections of any and all genes whose actual purpose is re-engineering humans in far-reaching ways. The emergent, This is no longer science fiction. How many times have you seen a movie where they've altered humans' DNA so they could work underwater better? Or there was a movie a couple years ago where they wanted people to go, I think, to Jupiter? or something and they 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 kind of made them alien hybrids through experiments and a lot of people died in that uh and then the the ones who did survive ended up like going crazy kind of it's, it's that doesn't sound like anything that that just sounds crazy the emergence of this frankenstein technology is paralleled by the shrill push to mandate vaccines across the board for both children and adults the pressure and propaganda are planet wide the freedom and the right to refuse vaccines has always been vital. It is more vital than ever now. It means the right to preserve your own inherent DNA. Now think about that. Why? Why does this have to happen? What is the end goal? Ah, not that simple. What is the end goal, folks? Does anyone know? What is this? I have an opera snapshot. It's ah, Planned Parenthood. I wonder how much of Planned Parenthood's aborted fetal tissue goes into making vaccines for big pharma. Have fun injecting that into you, pro-vaxxers. Planned Parenthood under investigation by Justice Department over sale. The Justice Department has launched a federal investigation into Planned Parenthood's practices and the sale of fetal tissue. They already admit that there's fetal tissue in these vaccines, folks. Of course, they don't call it fetal tissue in the box. There's, a, there's, a, there's codes for it, you know, uh, depending on what baby it comes from or what part of the baby they use. Uh, but here, here's a video from Bill Gates talking about changing people's DNA. Babies, testing on babies in China. Folks, I swear to God, this stuff is not tested. They're using you as the test subject. You're the guinea pig. They don't care about you. The, 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 the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is kicked out of India because they gave 50,000 children polio. It was supposed to be a dead virus and they gave them a live virus. These people have no soul. Oh my gosh. Like, really? Now, 
so we know about vaccines. We know now they're actually going to be editing our DNA. That's something that I don't even want. I kind of think God made me perfect the way I am. I may not be perfect, but I'm the way God wants me to be. Now, let's talk about the, the food, right? So like the video in the beginning said, the mega corporations, Walmart, you know, all those guys, that's, it's safe to go to those stores, but mom and pop stores can't. Why? Right? Well, let's see. Let's talk about what they're feeding us. We already know that they're chemically castrating our boys. They're lowering their testosterone every which way they can, right? But here's this thing. Check this out. Shad Sullivan, Regional Director of RCALF USA, is a fifth-generation Colorado rancher and recently delivered this message. Hey, everybody. This is Shad Sullivan coming to you from the headwaters of Bitter Creek, Archer County, North Texas. We have to talk. State officials will be assisting to help identify potential alternative markets if a producer is unable to move animals and if necessary, advise and assist on depopulation and disposal methods. Ladies and gentlemen, we are plowing under vegetable crops from coast to coast. We are euthanizing millions of chickens. We are aborting sows and burying feeder pigs. We are dumping milk by the hundreds of thousands of gallons. And now they are preparing us to depopulate the fat cattle ready to harvest because of a bottleneck created by the effects of COVID. This thing hasn't been created by COVID, but the effects of COVID and the logistics therein. Yesterday, the first shipment of imported beef from the country of Namibia hit the shores of the United States of America. And yet this morning, they are telling us to prepare to euthanize harvest-ready cattle. It is time we get food on the shelves because if you're not concerned about this food supply problem, you better be. We have a huge supply and demand of food across this nation. We can feed the world ourselves and yet we're destroying our harvests. At the same time, we are importing beef from other countries, beef that is less regulated than our beef, less safe, not as high quality of product, and yet it's happening. At the same time, they're preparing for us to euthanize our harvests. That doesn't sound like sustainability to me, but it is part of the overall goal to vertically integrate your food system. You see, they cannot have control of the people unless they have control of the food, the water, the land, production. It is time we get back to work. We are of, by, and for the people. This is not Nancy Pelosi's country. This is not Donald Trump's country. This is your country, and you're going to go hungry. And while American farmers are destroying their harvests, U.S. beef is exported to China. U.S. meat plants are closing at a rapid rate, including Cargill Meat, who supplies 22% of the U.S. meat market and who partnered with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in 2018 to end livestock production. 
while expanding the production of genetically modified soy in Africa. Reporting for Infowars.com, this is Greg Reese. This whole food shortage is planned, folks. It's worldwide, right? It's worldwide. You know, they're, they're blaming the bleeding hearts, right? Look, this is how feminized societies become. People are bleeding hearts. They're overly emotional. We're doing things for kindness and, you know, this, you know, the animals. It's like, you know what? I love beef. Call me crazy. You know, I love a good juicy burger. You know, I don't want African Niberian beef or wherever, wherever Niberia is. I want Alberta beef. Call me crazy. That's some of the best beef in the world. But it's a planned shortage of food. And then, like I said, they tell you where you can go to get it. You know what's coming up next? You can't shop until you have proof you took the vaccine. They're going to limit the food where you can get it. You can't just go to the farmer anymore down, down the way, out the, out the back, on, down the back road, because he's told to kill his cattle. You know, kill the pigs. Euthanize the chickens. There's not going to be any food, folks. They're trying to control us so they can starve us to death and make us compliant. Call me crazy, but here's, here's Bill Gates' solution. Lab-grown meat. Mmm, doesn't that look yummy? Lab-grown meat is the next frontier in ethical eating. They say they grew it in a lab, right? We don't have any proof of that. It doesn't look like meat, and it doesn't look good. Would you eat this? It's meat, but I guarantee you it's like no meat you've ever seen before. That's because this stuff was grown from cells in a lab. Clean meat is meat grown by cell culture rather Clean than grown by an animal. From a scientific perspective, it's awe-inspiring. Lab-grown or clean meat is slaughter-free and potentially more eco-friendly because it uses less land, water, and energy. At least, that's the promise. Okay, we know what you're thinking. That's nasty. Ugh, doesn't sound right. I'm not really into, like, lab-made things. It's unnatural. It just seems off. But if the scientists growing this stuff can overcome the ick factor, clean meat could help feed our growing population in more ethical and sustainable ways. People will get used to clean meat in a hurry if it tastes right, if it feels right. If it doesn't, it's gonna be a monumental thing to overcome. We visited a startup in San Francisco called Just. It's one of several companies trying to bring clean meat into the mainstream. They say they'll be ready to take a product to market by the end of the year. This is a big idea that you can manufacture meat in an entirely different way. The big question, of course, is how does it taste? We were hoping to taste it for ourselves, but they told us it wasn't ready for public consumption. So instead, we watched as their CEO ate a clean chorizo taco. I mean, right now I'm going to be the judge of it. Ultimately, the judge of this is millions of people that are eating it. It's really good, man. I mean, I think the important, the important part is does it pass the threshold, A, of is it really good? It does. And B, does it pass the threshold of is this meat? And it does. For now, we'll just have to take his word for it. But they assured us that this is actually meat. So how do companies grow it? First, technicians take a small amount of tissue from an animal, then filter it and isolate cells that they can grow. That means providing warmth and oxygen, as well as feeding them salts, sugars, and proteins essentially tricking the cells into thinking that they're still inside their owner. The cells naturally replicate as they would inside the body, growing into something that looks more and more like food. 
But while they can grow muscle, fat, and connective tissue from these starter strains, the big challenge is building them in a way that recreates the meat you're used to. Nobody's anywhere close to lab growing a steak. There's different types of muscle cells, connective tissue, bone, pockets that aggregate a lot of lipids and fat, and all of that plays into the texture, the taste, the aroma, the appearance, the functionality of something in a pan or on a grill. We're really far away from being able to create this matrix of different types of cells all doing their job. Which is why you end up with something that looks more sloppy joe than sirloin. We don't want it to taste remarkable, we just want it to taste like meat. So if we're making chorizo, we don't want it to taste like A5 Kobe, we just want it to taste like chorizo. Eventually, the goal for these companies is to produce more complex structures like a ribeye, or in the case of another startup called Finless Foods, a fish fillet. Right now it's a scaling up problem. And our job is to change this into millions and millions of tons of fat. <laughs> what we do is we create non-vegan, non-vegetarian, real fish meat without the mercury and without the plastic, without the environmental devastation and without the animal cruelty. This technology really comes in two pieces. The first piece is growing these cells out. I just want to say, they're calling it clean meat, right? Like real meat's dirty. And then you notice they're using all these trigger words, right? Environmental devastation, you know, all this crap. Like, get out of here. You know, they're they're just. This is you. Hopefully, folks, if you're watching this, you can see the attempted brainwashing. You can see they're really trying to sell this meat to you. They're really pushing this. I'm not. I'm going to stop playing it because it's it gets repetitive. But that's disgusting, you know. But they. But here's the thing, folks. They say that it's lab-grown meat, or they say that it's you know, you know, beef, but are we sure it's beef? You know, I'm, now this is kind of going conspiracy theory on me, right? I don't have proof of this, but I'm going to show you stuff. Uh, this thing that popped up twice, fine. I'm finally going to show it. Burger contains rat and human DNA study finds. Your burger from McDonald's has rat and human DNA in it. A study of 258 burgers in the U.S. finds unexpected additional and lack of ingredients. This is filler. This is soy. This is a lot of filler. It's not 100% beef because obviously there's rat and human DNA in it. Are you sure you really want that McDonald's burger now? Just a thought. Just a question. Uh, now, we are, now here's another conspiracy that is, that's been going around for a while. Sonomix is making us cannibals one bite at a time. Look at these products, folks. Let's zoom in on this. Apparently, there is fetal tissue used as a seasoning or flavoring in these products. I forget the name of what they're calling it, but it's, it's, a, it's a scientific name for aborted fetal tissue, and it's being used to make your food taste better. That's disgusting. If it's true, this is disgusting. Now, folks, I got to tell you, to put your mind at ease, it's not cannibalism if you don't know. But once you know, you have no excuse. You have no excuse at all to eat human tissue. All right, let's zoom in on this. All right, Sonomics develops patented flavor enhancers by using proprietary taste receptor-based assay systems. The receptors are made from HEK293. HEK stands for human embryonic kidney cells with 293, denoting that the HEK was from the 293rd experiment. If that is true, this is disgusting. And this is what Western 
that this is what the Western uh, markets are feeding us. Processed foods have you don't know what in them. And if this is even close to being true, stay away. Now, you say that it's, it's, it's impossible that people are eating people. This, this doesn't exist. Cannibalism is for savages. Well, here's a video that a friend of mine, Lee Tai, found on Facebook, believe it or not. It's amazing the things Facebook allows. They allow pedophilia and all these nasty things. But here's a video of a human wet market, folks. This is horrible. Look at all those dead people. Cut off some butt. Oh, let's get some nice thigh muscles. Yeah. Mmm. Oh, what's that? You want a foot? You want a you want a foot? No problem. Or the heel? Mmm. Delicious. There, oh, there's there's the the sole of his foot. Or her foot. Oh yeah, let's get some arm muscle tissue. Mmm, delicious. Human wet markets, folks, where they cut up dead bodies. Don't tell me people don't eat people. Don't even tell me there's no possibility at all that there's human meat being fed to us in our burgers and our donaires and whatever processed meat we're getting. We don't know what's in them, folks. That's the thing. That reminds me, do you remember a movie from the 70s called Soylent Green? Soylent Green was considered science fiction. In the year 2022, wait, what year are we in? 2020? Well, this movie takes place in 2022. People are still the same. They'll do anything to get what they need, and they need Soylent Green. Yes, this was a Charlton Heston movie, folks. Right? Soylent Green. I mean, you know, like the Demolition Man was basically saying, they, they, they tell us what they're doing. Right? Hold on. Go away, you. They tell us what they're doing in movies. Look at that. It just looks like crackers, right? But through the movie, Charlton Heston is a cop and he's doing an investigation. And you know what he found? Soylent Green is people. They have a, an overabundance of people and they are basically turning people into food. Soylent Green, 50 recipes to die for. Justin Bieber's still missing after 10 years. Authorities ready to call off search. Skincare tips for your cold, dead hands. Lost Frank Sinatra album found at last. And plus, interview with Colonel George Taylor. All right. Okay. I don't get that one, but this is, it looks like a green cracker. 50 celebrities reveal that their favorite Soylent, they were 50 recipes to die for made out of human tissue. Okay. Now, that you know, then that brings up adrenochrome, you know, the, the favorite drug of the celebrities. It's kind of crazy. It's, it's, it's a movie, but is it really fiction? Have breakfast with old friends. New Soylent Green. It's, it's a movie, folks, but I don't know. It's amazing the stuff that comes true over time that you had no idea. Uh, so that's basically it, folks. There, just be careful what you're eating. Don't trust the government. Don't just blindly walk in and take whatever they have to give you. The reason why this is going to be my last podcast is I have been letting this podcast give me free reign to talk and act any way I want. And I am ashamed of my actions on one of my last podcasts. Some of the things I said were over the top and extremely vulgar. And 
a couple of my Christian brethren kind of called me out and talked to me about it and uh, made me realize that as mad as I was, it doesn't give me the excuse to be so vulgar. I'm not going to mention what it was. I've already deleted the podcast, but basically um, this podcast is becoming a podcast that I, I basically wouldn't want my sons to listen to, you know, um, like this goes back to how we are supposed to be fathers. We're supposed to be role models and examples. And if my sons saw these podcasts, they live with their mother. So I don't know if they do watch my podcast, but if they do, this is not something I want them to say, Hey, I'm proud of, this is my dad. I don't know. I'm not proud of the man. I let this podcast make me, um, and it's no one's fault, but my own. Uh, I'm not saying I'll stop doing podcasts, but this is my last angry connect radio podcast because when I put out content, like I put out the other day, it's not edifying at all. It doesn't, uh, enrich me. It doesn't enrich my family like spiritually or in any which way it actually, uh, lowers my credibility. Um, so it's, you know, maybe it's time for a reset. Uh, I want to like there's I've had guests on like Mike Coxis and my friend Chris and others who can get their point across without swearing without acting the fool you know acting like a goofball and I have to reevaluate restructure and uh I just I you know I uh I just want to thank you for coming along with this ride with me this is the uh 39th episode technically of the podcast if you include the bonus episode and yeah that's it i want to thank you for coming with me and thanks for watching the anger connect radio bye-bye this report is based on amazing polly's recent video is this torture in her video polly examines amnesty international's 1973 report on torture and how it seems to reflect the current response to covid19 According to Amnesty International's report, torture is the systematic and deliberate infliction of acute pain in any form by one person on another in order to accomplish the purpose of the former against the will of the latter. The report then uses Biederman's chart of coercion to describe the technique. Psychologist Albert Biederman studied communist Chinese tactics known as DDD, debility, dependency, and dread. The CIA has been trained to use debility, dependency, and dread. And according to their 1983 Human Resource Exploitation Training Manual, many psychologists consider the threat of inducing debility to be more effective than debility itself. With DDD, the debilitated victim becomes dependent upon the torturer and develops a strong fear of anything vague or unknown. Biederman's chart of coercion lays out the design of DDD. Does any of this sound familiar? Number one, isolation. We see this with quarantines and social distancing and the prohibition of crowds and large gatherings. Number two, monopolization of perception. Corporate mainstream media has monopolized all of pop culture and those on social media who challenge the mainstream narrative are censored. Also listed is restricted movement and monotonous food. Number three, induced debilitation and exhaustion. 
Gym closures, church closures, losing your job, school closings, and wearing masks all day long increase stress and provokes exhaustion and debilitation. Number four, threats. We are threatened that our own children may be taken away from our homes and that experimental forced vaccines are coming. We are told that more will die if we restart America. And we are threatened with tracking chips, contact tracing, and a new normal. Number five, occasional indulgences. Here we find fluctuations of interrogators' attitudes, such as BLM protests are good, Trump rallies are bad. Walmart is okay, but small businesses are not. The torturer will provide occasional indulgences such as rewards for partial compliance. If you just wear a mask, someday we can return to normal. Number six, demonstrating omnipotence and omniscience. Shutting down the entire global economy was a pretty good demonstration of omnipotence. Huge fines and jail for people not wearing a mask. We see the omniscience with Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, and other official experts. Number seven is degradation, being called non-essential or a science denier, being treated as ignorant fools and called names by celebrities for not complying. Number eight, enforcing trivial demands. This final step develops habits of compliance, enforcement of minute rules such as standing six feet apart following arrows and showing support for violent BLM protests. Also, according to the report on torture, many victims become ill as a result of coercion and more than half the illnesses listed in the report can be easily diagnosed as COVID-19 according to CDC guidelines. Do you really think that this is all a coincidence? Or are the people of the world being subjected to an advanced form of torture, coercion, and mind control? For InfoWars.com, this is Greg Reese.